Hey folks, I want to shout out the cause of the week right at the top this time around. A few episodes back, we mentioned that the Sepechnikatik First Nation had started a small lobster fishery in what is nowadays called Nova Scotia. This is part of a 21-year-old Supreme Court ruling that the Mi'kmaq and Maliseet people have a right to earn a quote-unquote moderate livelihood even in the off-season. Non-indigenous lobster fishers immediately made a huge deal out of this, saying that it was unfair, claiming that a handful of small lobster boats would harm the lobster population, and that folks who had been tending to these lands for millennia somehow don't know how to maintain a sustainable system. And then, of course, threatening Mi'kmaq lobster fishers, firing flares at their boats, etc. This escalated even further the day after this episode was recorded. On Tuesday night, October 13th, two Mi'kmaq fishermen were trapped inside a lobster pound by an angry mob who set fire to their van, threw rocks through all the windows, and threatened the two men for hours. Police escorted them both out, and the mob proceeded to cut power to the building, steal most of the lobsters inside, dump pallet after pallet of bait out on the ground, and poison the lobsters that they didn't steal, all while police stood by and watched. As this issue develops, we will continually update our links page, superduperstitious.com slash links, with resources for how you can help. For now, you can start by supporting the journalist who broke this story at Gugugues News. We have a link on our links page to their Patreon. Help support independent indigenous journalism, and that can at least be a first step in getting these stories out there. As specific resources become available for directly supporting Sepechnikatik lobster fishing, we'll add those as well. Thanks, and enjoy this interview with Jordan Shively. goodness and welcome to super duperstitious the paranormal podcast about the science behind the spooky and the strange i'm jake and i'm wyatt and we are back again with this very spooky month and special month of october Mm-hmm. so yeah we usually like to look at strange things and try and examine them from a scientific perspective but during october we like to make it special lean into the strange and find some cool folks to talk about it with and we'll be talking to a fun folk later on in a moment but first and for phantoms most i don't think we can go on without bringing up our favorite little brewery in western massachusetts that of course is for phantoms for phantoms jake what do they do they take elements such as <laughs> dungeons avec dragons uh, <laughs> uh heavy metal and beer <laughs> to make Good ass beer. Good ass beer, which is not to be confused with good ass beer. I shouldn't say that. Take that out. <laughs> um, but yes, they make delicious beer. And if you can drive to Massachusetts or Rhode Island or live in those states, you might just be able to find it at a local distributor. Currently, they have some fun seasonal offerings, including uh, Witch Cult IPA and Worship Doom Imperial Stout, brewed with certifiably local maple syrup from a farm that. Wyatt and Drew got to eat at, and I didn't, or they get the food from it anyway, I didn't, yeah, whatever. That is correct, Sausage Gate 2020. 
Uh, we broke the one rule that you set when you were departing this <laughs> neck of the woods, which is to never share sausage with another friend of the show. That's right. Which I uh, broke almost as fast as you could say, hey, Wyatt, there's, so- there's sot sausage over here. Come get some. It's a barbecue. <laughs> so thanks, Drew, again. Thank you for showing me such kindness. <laughs> And thank you for showing our show such kindness. Yes, uh, folks, if you are able to buy the beer, please do. You can also reach out to them directly. We'll leave contact info in every episode to do some curbside pickup if you like. And uh, we highly encourage you to leave a review, a fun and creative review on Untapped, even sight unseen, beer untasted, because that really helps with visibility for the brewery and helps them get more business. So thank you for fandoms. On to the next part of the pre-show which is us thanking even more folks this time our patreon patrons which we do with a machine which i should turn on right now ah so nice this of course is the nc AAA device which we will be using the patriot appreciation neural dive for evaluation of risk function which i always almost forget <laughs> aka pander We'll first, of course, plug the wiry bits of this sort of computer into the backs of our heads. Mm-hmm. And this will allow the NCAA to tell us which cryptids, creatures, or otherwise spooky things are generous, awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash superduperstitious should look out for in this big, wacky world and is certainly not the random function on cryptids.com. Jake, can you begin the mind link? We're going to be focusing on... Mari from Lacombe, Louisiana. Louisiana. (laughs) Mari, be on the lookout for the Indonesian Indonesian Silicant, aka Raja Laut, aka Latimeria Manadoensis. This is one of two living species of Silicanth, identifiable by its brown color. Mm -hmm. So when you are deep underwater in the West Indian Ocean, Keep your eyes out for this living fossil. Yes, it's a big old fish. It's great. Uh, King of the sea, as it goes by. It was first described in 1999. A very auspicious year indeed. It was. Oh, yes. The most auspicious of years. They almost called it the Matrix fish. Which they really should have, but they realized it was related to the Comoro coelacanth, so they realized they had to stick with the same genus, unfortunately. Good job, at all. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's from about 40 to 30 million years ago. So, like all of our listeners, Mari, you need to be careful of this thing that is absolutely real and uh, is also something you're very, very much in danger of encountering, just like all the other creatures we talk about on this show. Uh, we know how much you like to swim around near the very bottom of the Indian Ocean, and we encourage you to do that less now, or at least to be more careful when you do, because coelacanth. Because coelacanth. Um, it's been alive for 30 million years. Just kidding. It's just the same lineage. one. <laughs> the same single coelacanth. But yes, fascinating living fossil. Unlike you, uh, <laughs> wonderful and vibrant supporter of the show. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you very, very much. And I guess we can go ahead and unplug this here. All right, let's pull them on out. Ah, there we go. Thank you, Mario. And thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, if you If you want to support the show, help us make it, help it be maybe good you can do that by joining our patreon at even the one dollar level you can be entered into the uh, algorithm to have your own cryptid calculated by the pander function on this machine 
levels above that, you get some pretty cool digital rewards and some physical rewards. And it's, uh, well, that, that <laughs> easy, sounded easy. suggestive the way I said that, but it wasn't <laughs> meant to so. be. And it's all good stuff. You like it? Thank you. With all that said, I think it might be time to invite our very special guest into the room. So today we're joined by a writer, graphic designer, podcaster, chef apparently, dreamer, Jordan Shively. Jordan, welcome to the show. Welcome, Jordan. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. Hot singles in your area. This is how I first found you back in, I don't know if it was 2013, 2014. Yeah, I think 2013 was when I first started that Twitter account. This is a question you may get a lot, but how did you land on that as an initial premise slash format? So hot singles in your area was at hottest singles on Twitter, and it's better known as dread singles. Mm. But um, <laughs> it came from me like seeing all those um, singles ads on Facebook, and they're always like, but it, the thought was funny was it was like Christian singles, and it was like a girl with her tits out. And stuff, and I was like, "What if there's like, was like an angler fish, but for the internet, some some entity is back there, kind of luring people in through these mm. singles ads." And so I started just texting them to a friend. I would be like, "Hot singles in your area, you know, knives raised to the mother's moon, walking down, the, you know, just like the first line." <laughs> it's all. It used to be first line is hot singles in your area, middle is creepy, third is a pop culture tie-in. <laughs> so those are like the three sentences. Nice, but um. Yeah, so I just did that for a while, and for like about three or four years, no one, there was no like personality behind it. It was just the jokes, right? And um, and it got it kind of blew up because like um, IO9 featured it, and a bunch of websites did articles on it, and um, I just started noticing that it was going more and more, and that's how it started. It wasn't until I started getting offers to write professionally that like I started like wanting it to become like a person behind the account. Because a lot of people were like, oh, that's a funny bot. And I'm like, that's not a fucking bot. (laughs) I write every single one of these. This is my thing, man. Yeah. (laughs) Also, anytime I had to get mad at people every time they said it was Lovecraftian because I fucking hate Lovecraft. And I'm like, no, this is not Lovecraftian. Oh, interesting. It's not not racist or badly written. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Nicely said. But yeah, and also they should have seen like, oh, every once in a while there are tweets that aren't in all caps and they're, they're saying something else. Like, that's the person. Did you see those ones, guys? Come on. Yeah. And I started little by little at first. I would like, I would start these ones where I'd be like, hello, where am I? You know, like as if there was a writer waking up in like a dark room and describing what he's seeing and it's creepy. And then he like fades back into the hot singles in your area. Right. So for a while that was like <laughs> a meta person behind it. I like that very much. Which is kind of <laughs> what the book I'm writing has become, is kind of that whole idea. That's what I was going to ask. It seemed from the, uh, from, what is the name of the publishing website you, you have going on there? Unbound. Unbound, they're a British, yeah. They're a British publisher. Uh-huh. And, um, mm. They're doing a hot singles in your area book, but it's more of like a braided short story novel. Uh-huh. Then, but the tweets come in where I, cause I'm building, I'm also a graphic designer, I'm doing fake um, newspaper ad pages that have like the hot singles ads in them along with other creepy advertisements and stuff. And you get a little bit of prose and a couple pages of of newspaper ads, a little bit more prose. And so it's going to be like this weird found object book. Oh, that's super fun. Are the news articles going to have like a through line to them or or will they just be? Yeah, they are. Um, They're going to have like a little, some of it's just flash fiction I've written, getting like socketed into the different squares and stuff. um, So that if you pay attention, you can put it together and have like this ongoing story throughout different pages. But if not, it's just little weird um, off-putting sentences, you know. But if you pay attention, it's telling a story. Oh, that's cool. I like awesome. that. <laughs> Would you say that like horror 
comedy is the kind of direction you like to go with your stuff? Is that too narrow of a uh, of a genre label to apply to what you like to write? Or I like to write weird is kind of like what I think of my own writing. Like horror is a little more hardcore sometimes than what I write. I do like body horror and those kind of elements. And <sighs> humor, I think, for longer things really isn't that apparent. It's, yeah. it's more of just a weird, creepy story. Hmm. The humor really works better in small bites. That makes sense. Very cool. Uh, have you always had an affinity for the spooky, the strange? No, I haven't. I, I grew up as a missionary pastor kid, so like oh. it was all forbidden. So I, I grew up just like with reading Anna Green Gables and Little House on the Prairie and stuff. Those are still some of my favorite books. So, so you you came prime for Satan, basically. Yeah. Ready for Satan, but I mean, when you grow up your whole life saying "cover me in the blood of the Lamb" oh. and casting out demons, it's almost like you're being like raised to be like a goth exorcist. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you know, <laughs> you look back and you're like, "Oh, that was metal as fuck." I mean, yeah, gave me emotional problems for my whole life, but metal as fuck. <laughs> hey, at least it was metal. A little bit of a silver lining. So yeah, how what what was kind of your your inroad to getting into the more weird stuff? Was it just growing up finding that that just appealed more? Or? When I started writing, it just was weird, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because comic books were kind of mm. weird. Like I was reading Lucifer and Sandman and some kind of very like dark fantasy comic books mm. and TV shows. So possibly that was kind of where my mind started going. But I don't know. I think Christianity, when you come out of it does leave you a lot of like dark culty stuff in your brain. So like the whole thing of like demons and cults and secret societies and stuff. Once you, cause I have a, I was kicked out of seminary, but I have almost a full master's of theology. So like learn, you learn a lot about like cults and stuff like that. And that's cults have always fascinated me. And I think they're cool as far as like flavor goes. Yeah. I feel that you mentioned you got kicked out of seminary. Is that a yeah. story you want to share? I mean, I got kicked out of seminary um, for heresy uh, in my exit interview. Apparently, um, if you say that if this God that we've been teaching me about is a despotic being and if he's real, we should all go to hell in opposition to him, they don't give you your degree, even though you you have to pay for it the rest of your life. Wow. I may have also equated the Subways of God to the Nazi youth in my exit interview. <laughs> there you go. Hey, as reasons to have like on your record for why you're kicked out, heresy sounds badass. Yeah. And then it's like less badass when you have like, I still owe $56,000. <laughs> oh my gosh. There is <laughs> that in, in part tithes. Of it. Yeah. For a degree that's like I'm one credit short of. Oof. Oh my yeah. God. I don't know if you know the podcast Monster Crush. We had Derek Sword on the show a month or so ago, then we went on their show with Heavenly. But yeah, Derek taught us a bunch of different stuff about interesting Christian old stories. It's like, oh, that stuff is really weird and gets, as you said, pretty damn metal. Or just like crazy violent, too. Because yeah. like, yeah. I always remember like there was one like Empress Theodora and Emperor Justinian or Theodora, one of those Indians, um, both had <laughs> competing versions of the Bibles that they translations that they believed in. So there's like a cold war in their in their court over like hmm. what version of the Bible was going to be taught. And they couldn't really oust each other and at one point they had monks going over the mountains to like bring their version like racing to huh. bring their version of the bible but also with assassins sent after them trying to catch them before they got to the place wow whoa but all the while they're just like smiling at each other in court sending assassins after the translators and stuff <laughs> <laughs> biblical intrigue or like the idea that like um in Constantinople, they would baptize. One of the places red right hand comes from is that they would baptize all the soldiers but leave their right arm out of the water so huh. that, like, 
their whole oh. body was was baptized, but this arm could kill and murder and do anything it wanted. Wow. But the body, but the body would go to heaven. This was just the sinning arm. It's not much masturbation in heaven, though. At that no. point, Super I mean, ready. if you're right-handed, I yeah, guess exactly. It's, it's the ready, ready uh, preclusion there. Uh, have you had any paranormal experiences? I don't really know. You know, like you never know what is like night terror or like a feverish thing when like you wake up and you're you swear there's something like standing over you but then you read (laughs) about like what night terrors are and like the little things on the side of your vision and stuff and that these are possible just like me being tired but i've definitely seen creepy shit but nothing that was like oh proof obviously this was a demon yeah obviously this was a demon and not the fact that i get like one hour of sleep a week or something you know <laughs> one hour a week well i i worked i worked a job for three years where i was catering movie sets and i oh, got wow. on average one hour of sleep a night for six months at a time and i only have very few memories from those three years understandably so I, think I, I think i have yeah in those three years permanently damaged my memory yikes is that a handful of at least positive memories? Yeah, they're pretty, some of them are good. Some of them are horrible. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I w- it's a shitty, shitty job. You know, you work like 20 hours a day, but you get paid a lot. And that's how I started a publishing company that I used to run. Wow. So, that's so I worked cool. for three years and got enough money to, like, print a bunch of books and stuff. Was that so- – have you always been in the Twin Cities area or have you been – where? I moved here in, like, 2009. Wow. Cool. And I was already doing publishing – but when I came up here, I started doing it even more because of all the book stuff in the Twin Cities. And then eventually, I was running a company called Gromalkin Press, and we did like three or four books a year. We were all independent comics. And then I eventually merged with another local publisher here called Uncivilized Books, which is another local comics publisher who does like indie cool. comics. And I did that for another decade. Wow. Damn. That's that's really fun. Do you, are you apologies that I don't am not more familiar, but are you still publishing to this day with a, another press or not with comics? No, not with comics? Um, I'm okay. working. I'm working on when I quit comics, I just quit. You know, I was like, I'm just going to write. But yeah, I would be, wouldn't be against writing for comics in the future. But I haven't drawn any more comics in a while because you don't you don't you don't make any money though. Like we were like an Eisner winning publishing company, you wow. know, and you still like couldn't afford to pay ourselves. Damn, a decade of unpaid labor is was my that's what i was willing to give to comics that's that's more than enough i'd say yeah yeah exactly with your podcast carrying into the void i know we all collectively have probably covered similar topics i was wondering if you had one or more favorites that you guys have covered on that show or things that you just know personally that you've enjoyed the story of i really liked the the high pole vampire was oh, good. I- I don't know that the one. High pole or high gate vampire. It was like in England, and there are these two competing wizards who said they were going to hunt down a vampire in this cemetery, and they were having like battles in the newspaper of who was the better wizard, like, <laughs> trash talking each other, and about how my way of fighting vampires is better, and no, my way of fighting vampires is better. <laughs> so that's a fun one. I also love the really quiet, weird ones, like the hum, the Windsor hum, yeah. uh. where th- there's like this noise that certain people can hear and others can't, or the mm-hmm. blip. That one sound that's in Classic. the ocean, that sonar sound. Right. I like, I like those a lot. They're very mysterious. Oh, like, yeah. Things on the verge of another like dimension kind of vibes. Yeah. Or the idea of like Wendigos as a societal virus instead of an actual creature. Oh, okay. Also, I love the Brock Inspector. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. You guys covered that one about the shadow that's cast over the mist and stuff of a 
large gray man. Yes, I'm indeed. Fearly more. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, that is a t- fun goons. I just kind of look around and if I see, hear something interesting, I like read the Wikipedia entry, then try to remember as much as I can and tell it back to Brock. Nice. Yeah, as a pair of biologists, our main entry point, at least with the show, was more cryptozoology. Just like, oh, that's kind of kind of more our real house, and then expanding Cryptids from there. are awesome, though. Oh, hell Cryptids yeah. Cryptids are such a great area to talk about. There's so much. There's so much. They're so fun. So uh, wow. you're you're definitely a Squatch boy. You love... You I'm love... a Squatch boy. <laughs> I like the Jersey Devil. The Jersey Devil? Nice. Classic. There was a... Man, oh, man. I'm trying to remember the name of the movie, but there was this low-budget film made about like the Pine Barrens. And it's all shot kind of like from the hip. It's meant to seem kind of like, oh, it was really recorded there. Um, it winds up being a murder mystery, but there's oh. elements of the Jersey Devil. I'm going to try to look up the title of it at some point, but it was great. Anyway. I saw how creepy it is that the Jersey Devil was born to a normal person. Right? And was, so spooky. Was, yeah. And the fact that the cabin that they say it happened in is still like ramshackle run down old building yeah before you came on we we're talking about annabelle and like how like all the warrens and stuff and how those Ooh. dolls supposedly are still there and i That's forget right. the name of the first doll was like his name was like bill or something it was oh, oh that was the, the um, og story about haunted doll and the doll is in a museum still though yeah and i'm like why is this doll alive don't you just burn the doll immediately <laughs> oh the first time it kills it you burn it you burn it. Yeah. Actually, why would actually you the, ever the hold first on? time, it's not where you left it. You exactly. burn it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Abs- absolutely. He There's only, no question. He just picked up the knife and walked around with it. He didn't cut anybody yet. We're just going <laughs> to put it in the... We'll put it back in the kids' room. Let's see what else happens. I'm sure it was just trying to play. The scary story to tell in the dark. Uh, what was the name of... Is it Howard? Uh, Harold. Harold, Harold, the scarecrow. Do you know that one? Oh. I saw the movie, so there's like that scarecrow in the movie. Yeah, Ooh, he looks just like that. Scary I, I in the movie. It's pretty good, yeah. In the, in the the original story of Harold, he's this thing that these guys who are working on a farm make and have in their cabin for a while, and they like put him out in the field by day and then stick him by the table at night and just like yell at him to vent all their frustrations at him until eventually he starts to like make sounds and eventually starts to move and walks yes, around. Yes, I love that. Which is <laughs> like, it's like, it like, it became a, a well for all the negative psychic energy. Yeah. And then became Correct. like, like an anger golem. <laughs> yes. But the fun part being that the first time he made a sound or began to move at all, they didn't just immediately burn him or leave. They're like, well, that's <laughs> weird. Anyway, back Let's to what, what we were doing. Happens. Well, these are also two people who were talking to a scarecrow at this dinner. This is very so, true. I, mean, I don't very think they're like, their judgment was really on the same level. That's yep. You raise quite a good point. Very true. Why did Man you find the uh, the name of that movie you were talking about? No, I did not. I have been trying to subtly Google uh, they have, the they other had two doll, movies the boy that were doll. Like Bra- Brahms the boy, but those kind of like <laughs> were very much not following the original story. Those are the things that I hate when it's like they act like it's supernatural the whole time, and then it's like. No, it was just a crazy person hiding in the walls. I'm like, don't promise me some weird shit and then say man's evil. We all know man is evil. Yeah. Give me the true spooky stuff. I definitely prefer the reverse when it seems like it's some kind of more natural problem and then it turns out to be something. Oh, totally. um, One of the best horror movies I've seen in the last couple of years was The Taking of Deborah Logan, where like the majority of the movie, it's about senility. 
and then mm. at the end something else happens oh, which my. i will not spoil because it has one of the best oh shit moments i've seen in a while Ooh, have you seen was it demons it was, it was demons. have you oh, what's it called is it the amulet that came out recently i think i started watching it and never finished it okay mm. i did just watch pumpkin head though that was pretty oh. good <laughs> that's another like um appellation like scarecrow pumpkin vengeance demon kind of story Oh you know, gosh. those old classic Appalachian vengeance demon pumpkin head stories. Dime, dime a dozen. <laughs> I think I might have seen the fifth or sixth one of those on sci-fi one time. Uh, me and my <laughs> partner have been like going in chronological, like theatrical release order through horror, like um, IPs. Oh, so like, I like you watch that. Like, like every single um, Halloween in order of theatrical release. Nice. Some are better than others. <laughs> oh, I was just going to ask if you... Now, I, I have very little familiarity outside of extremely basic understanding of the premise, but if you were to rank them, if you could do this off the top of your okay. head. Off the top of my head, um, Halloween 1, the original, mm-hmm. then O-G-H-Ween. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, uh-huh. which is a completely different story. Michael's not in and that and one, there's, right? a, there's a scene where like um, Halloween is on a TV being played. So like you're in a world where it's oh. a, Halloween is a movie. Oh my God. And, and that one comes from the idea that John Carpenter pitched the Halloween series as an anthology series where oh. each one was supposed to have a different story based around the concept of Halloween. But everyone loved Michael Myers so much that they made them do just a bunch of rehashing Michael Myers. And that's why there's only two uh. done by John Carpenter. The, mm-hmm. fir- the third in my ranking would be the second one. Okay, and one, then three, two. Ju- jumps all the way to the 2018 Halloween, the uh, one that has um, Jamie Lee Curtis again. The protagonist when she's when she's um, older, yeah, and and she's been waiting for for Michael Myers all oh. her life. Does you know, he only making, does Michael Myers occur as sort of like a cycl- cyclical annual he, curse? He breaks out and it's always on Halloween, <laughs> yeah. and then he, oh. he always goes back to Haydenville. The place where you think they would outlaw um, Halloween after like five <laughs> years in a row of like mass murders. And they actually bring that up later on about they bring it up in the series and some of the shittier ones about like oh my God. Halloween. We can't believe the old people won't let us celebrate Halloween. We're going to go trick or treating anyway. And they get murdered. <laughs> what franchise are you guys on to now? We are going through the pumpkin heads. So we just watched mm. the first one, which is really good. It has... um. I forget the guy's name, but the the main guy is like the guy who's in that show Millennium for a while. He has that really leathery face. He's like an awesome face. I, I'm, I'm just picturing Edward James almost. I'm not sure who it is. He has a face very like Edward James almost, okay. but thinner. <laughs> but uh, yes. So I think there's like five or six of those. But nice. the idea is that we got to watch them in order of release, not chronological making sense order. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh. So if there's like prequels, you watch the prequel when it came out in the order, not before the movies. Of course. To make sense story-wise. As you watch these movies, also my one pumpkin head joke is Pumpkinhead in Ireland was re-released as Jack O'Lantern. Thank you, what? <laughs> as you watch them, <laughs> do you accept them as canon as they go? Like, does the prequel occur for for your own entertainment after the first movie, or are you allowing yourselves to stitch it in behind? We can stitch it in behind, but also it the the newest one is the one that sets canon. So, like, uh, um, if if they're changing the story, you have to go with the story as of the latest movie. <laughs> which for good. the two for, which for the two Rob Zombie 
Halloween's was horrible. <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, this is the stupidest shit ever. Because <laughs> he's just, his were all just about like being as gross as possible and with mm-hmm. oh, yeah. zero tension, you know. With those bass riffs, though, how can you stop that man? <laughs> I mean, hopefully easily. Hopefully easily, it's true. <laughs> also, the other haunted doll was Robert. Ah, Robert, the Robert doll. the doll. There yeah, I go. knew it was like, I said Bob. Robert. Bob, we're on, good we're, enough. We're on like a... There you go, yeah. We've hung out enough. That's correct. In that same vein, do you have any favorite movie monsters or even cryptid depictions from movies? I like whatever the cryptid, the cryptid on the terror is. Season one of The Terror. Ooh, I don't know that. I haven't seen it's, it myself. It was, it was a book by Dan Simmons, but then AMC made a TV show, and it's basically like 1800s ship getting caught in the Arctic, and then something Ooh. starts stalking the ship. Ooh. And it's, it's really good. That like sounds spooky. It's, right. it's, it's in the, the um, my partner's favorite category of fiction, which is man's hubris leads him to death. So, <laughs> so, I love seeing men think they're cool and then die. Nice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that sounds excellent. I, I'm keeping that tab open to look that up later because we need some more spooky stuff to watch this month. Excellent. I'll probably, uh, given that I'm a huge scary cat, add it to my list of do not touch movies <laughs> or TV shows. So you, you do a creepy, creepy podcast, but you don't like watching horror? <laughs> yeah. That is the catch. Both of us love scary stuff and are so easily scared. <laughs> Yeah, I'm more into. I like creepy more than gore. Mm, you know, I can yeah. do some go- some gore. I don't really like like I never watched Saw or Hostel. Mm. I just feel like I wouldn't enjoy it. No, it's but I did just watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre, <laughs> and it was basically an art film. Like that was a Ooh. fucking beautiful film. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't expect it to go in that direction. Me neither. I thought it was gonna be. I was gonna be like, oh, gross. You know. Right. Um, I thought it was gonna be like a Rob Zombie type film. Mm. And it right. was not at all. It was like a kind of like a commentary on cyclical consumption in society. And what do we do when we built people to be these little engines of consumption, but then we take away all the structure around them? Boom. So almost more of like a living dead vibe. In yeah. my mind, at least. And to me, yeah, to me, at least, like, that's maybe I'm reading way too much into it. No, no. Also, it was, like, in this, it was want. a 70s film, so it has that beautiful film grain ah, where it's like, yeah. oh, it's gorgeous. Nice. <laughs> I like that. All right, maybe I'll try and uh, dip my dip my toe into the sharp waters of that pool. I do have a patented move where if I'm watching a scary thing, if I'm far enough away from the screen, I'll just kind of slide my glasses down so I can look at <laughs> everything out of focus. So it's not quite so scary. But then you're like, you're like open to like being attacked because you can't see very good. <laughs> That's I want to be able to see the moment it starts coming out of the TV, so I can start running. I can still That's see good colors and motion for the most part, but uh, <laughs> it's just never tells There's like a it's... scary thing. Let me turn the world into a blur. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I went to see Blade 2. Wait, is Blade 2 a scary movie? It scared me when I saw it. <laughs> I feel like I've, I, I didn't watch a lot of horror movies until like three or four years ago because I was getting hired to write horror stuff and I realized I only wrote my stuff mm. and i didn't know much about horror and people expected me to know about horror and so i started reading a bunch of horror books and watching a bunch of horror just to educate myself um mm. i still i don't really think it's affecting really what i write because i just write weird yeah sure. more but it is interesting to read a bunch of like critical analysis of horror and stuff that's cool do you have a recommendation on on a read yeah um 
Y'all keep talking while I grab it. <laughs> sure. So, Jake. I'm assuming those are Bluetooth headphones, so you could probably still hear it. So we could just, like, chat with Jordan and not oh, give him the man. opportunity to answer. Okay. Let's ask him a really tough question. Yeah. It, okay. And one where if he doesn't answer, it's whatever answer we wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, do you prefer hamburgers with mayonnaise or ketchup? Um, mayonnaise and mustard. Damn it. He got back <laughs> just in time. So there's some really good books in the in the genre, like um, Scared Sacred. Um, is this one? It's about the use of Ooh. religious iconography in horror. Now that, if I'm not mistaken, is an upside down cross on the cover, my friend. Yeah, and, and the cross is made out of like the boxes from Hellraiser. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Fantastic is a structural approach to a literary genre by Tibetan Todorov. Mm. It's really good. Mm. I'm just going to list some books real quick. Sure. Fair. Powers, Powers of Horror by Julia Kristeva. Mm, it's a great. much less frightening looking cover. <laughs> House of Psychotic Women, which is about like the oh, idea wow. of psychosis and the final girl mm-hmm. idea. Like a 90s uh, which is also coffee table book. Horror film, <laughs> A Critical Introduction by Muri Leader. Ooh. And finally, The Monster Show, Revised Diffin by David Skull. Which are all yeah. just kind of delving into the critical theory of like what is horror and what does it do in the psyche. And then also... Like, I hate H.P. Lovecraft, but he has a good essay on it. That's cool. We should have talked that. to you like two weeks ago. We could have used all of those books exactly. in our deep dive <laughs> yeah. into how horror affects us. <laughs> well, we can we could do an even deeper dive next year. Exactly. You say that reading this stuff hasn't really affected your own personal style. Do you see, as, as a, uh, a jack of all manner of trades, do you foresee one day wanting to perhaps make your own film? Weird or horror? Or, I would love to do that. I just don't feel like I have the time or the um, skills mm. to do it. But yeah, I've started like, mm. ma- like I'm making gifts and stuff. So that's kind of like as an entry. Like I'll take a photograph and then like animate like weird things going through it. So, but I would love to do something longer. But I think I would have to be more in the writer kind of seat. I was the just going to say maybe of it. at least a screenplay or something. Yeah, I would totally do that. Um, I just tried to use like. Adobe Premiere or whatever the other day, like the video editing suite. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is the most confusing program I've ever used. <laughs> like, as someone who is fluent in like Illustrator, Photoshop, and InDesign, it is a very complicated program yes. to use. <laughs> My partner is an Illustrator and um, and graphic designer, and so I've been showing her how to use... Well, I mean, showing her. She now is, is as good as me at um, After Effects for like motion graphics stuff, but uh, Premiere and stuff I've been helping a little bit, bit too. Yeah, the, the, that is the most intimidating set up when you open that program up it's just like and it's infuriating like because the the majority of the adobe suite stuff has very similar like layouts and then you get to those two and they're different from everything else and from each other it's like really why what so there's a little there's all these and there's all these free programs that do it simpler but i want to stay inside my suite but it's like i know this doesn't have to be this complicated (laughs) I want some colors in there, you know, yeah. <laughs> some colors and some arrows. Well, if you write and direct, I can be your, uh, you know, videographer, editor. Uh, we'll just find some actors. We should be good to go. I'm, I'm, I don't even have to act. Movies I can just are made so easily. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot it on a phone. Or actually, I got a camera and one. I have exactly yeah. one lens. <laughs> there's been some interesting movies lately that are taking into account the pandemic. Like there's one called Host that the whole Ooh. thing is shot inside of a Zoom conversation I heard about that and i also uh, heard that it was good too which i it's, it's good it yeah. was very good cool but, but it's like nice. just like everyone's little image in the in the zoom and then like 
where that goes, you know? Mm. Mm. There's a lot they you can even, do with that. They even use the whole put a background on your thing as part of like a plot point. Oh, uh, man, I can only imagine. We, uh, I've been fiddling around. Well, not constantly, but I have fiddled around with having like a bit of a green screen in the room that you can project onto mm-hmm. when you're in a Zoom meeting. Because you can fun. put a looped video behind yourself in a Zoom meeting. Oh, that's an idea. My favorite of that was yeah. a guy back <laughs> early early on during lockdown um, making a, uh, a Zoom background of himself paying attention in a meeting as his like uh, background. <laughs> <and then just laughs> like, that's awesome. I just want to do it where like I'm in a Zoom meeting and then you see me walk past in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> or like... Or a version of me, like with blood all over my face, just walk by in the background. <laughs> or, or rushes yeah. in and is like, "Stop! Stop that man! He's not supposed to be in this meeting." <laughs> or can I'm Jordan. Use, I'm Jordan. I'm Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I just walk up by myself and just look at myself, Ooh. and then turn around and walk away. <laughs> or, or one of you forces the other one out of the room, and then one of you comes back in. <laughs> who knows who knows that's that, that something that's really complicated like to get like the very tough to get the script together <laughs> exactly i think walking past is like yeah okay fine all right let's fine. figure out how the hands touch and stuff <laughs> and the bodies you guys have to do it a complex handshake first yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you keep but you can't phase through the video at all yeah exactly <laughs> so choreographed oh my gosh we don't want to keep you too long we know you're very busy with all of the writing that goes into making a damn book final question for you before we get into plug stuff halloween great holiday or the greatest holiday greatest holiday all right nice it it ties uh with thanksgiving only because i like the sides at thanksgiving Mm. stupid ass holiday (laughs) <laughs> so like if I could have like green bean casserole and mashed potatoes Ooh. and then also just have a bunch of creepy shit on TV, mm. that would be the perfect holiday if you mash those two together. I like that. <laughs> do you have a do you have a favorite and a most reviled Halloween candy? Most reviled, it's probably like peeps. Oh, I and forgot favorite, they have it. yeah. Favorite peeps. is f- favorite is most everything else. Because I like I like I like the ones people hate, like candy corn and stuff. Like oh, yeah. I think candy corn's good. Candy corn's alright. I I'll I'll join you on that boat. Peeps, I forgot even existed at Halloween. I yeah, Peeps, like you, you, you eat one and then you have diabetes. It's like, it's like you can, <laughs> it's you can feel your body dying. It's amazing <laughs> how different that is. When, like, when you're young, you can eat unlimited candy sugar. It's like, oh, this is great. Now, yeah, I'll have a taste of one of those types of, of things, like a Peep or something. Like, I need to sit down. I need a bunch of water and I need to sit down I, for an yeah, hour. Yeah, if, if I ate, a, if I ate a, a serving of Peeps, I would be hungover the a next serving. day. I totally hear that. I I must admit, I uh, I tend to I'm much less of a sugar tooth these days than I used to have. And uh, I just the other day gave myself my first sugar crash in years after eating a ton of grapes. So I'm embarrassed <laughs> to admit that I ate I like so many the, grapes. I like, I like the picture of you that is forming here. <laughs> I'm like really scared during blade two and got like sugar high from grapes <laughs> you've got the, you've got the full wide experience today i think i i uh yeah i'm a, I'm a tender tender little flower blowing in the breeze and a very old man <laughs> simultaneously yes exactly yeah i definitely am the old person who my idea of a crazy time is putting some ice in my tea and watching like the really old episodes of this old house there you go <laughs> Because Bob Villa was sassy. 
back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot he used. To, is he is he still on that show or is it just no? Really he, like he like ended after about ten. I subscribe to the This Little House Insider, so I have access to all the episodes. Oh, <laughs> that's, right. how fun I, that's how fun I am. Is it called um, Inside This Old House or is it something? It's, else? it's called This Old House Insider. Ah. Oh, that's it. Oh, okay. they have like they have like their own app because they like took all the episodes off of streaming services, oh. and now oh. that that's the only place you can really watch it for the most part. Uh, I see. Because I knew there was a bunch of money in those old people and people <laughs> my age. <laughs> I think I know what my winter is going to look like now. Now that I know that exists, that's probably because we finished all of. I mean. All of Great British Bake Off up until Mary Berry, Mel and Sue all left. Oof. But uh, this old house I've been watching the new one, and it is rough. Yeah, I, I, have I, just, I just want someone to refuse Paul Hollywood's handshake so bad. Oh, my God. Oh, that would be the way. Oh, yeah. my God. I didn't do it for you, asshole. That's right. I did, I did this for or Mary like, Berry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> pour one out for Spike some like yeah yeast onto Paul the ground. Because Hollywood just seems like such a piece of shit. Oh my god, like, he seems He's like the douche. most like yeah like this most like pretentious schmarmy like I'm so cool and I'm deigning to shake your hand. Don't yeah, wash it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I I am annoyed by how much people like fawn over it too. They're like I got the I got the handshake. I'm like come yeah. on, man, you're better than this. You don't need his approval. Also, I wish that show was just like cooking normal baked goods oh, like sure. i fucking hate the showstopper oh fair enough i love like when i love when they do like a technical bake of like bread or a certain pie or something yeah, yeah, yeah. but then it's like now put a bunch of food coloring and bake this till you can't even eat it you know it's like exactly and then they what's this, what's this waste like, all this yeah they're like, oh, this something. isn't edible it's like but you told us to make it inedible. yeah exactly they're like you, you, I can't believe you were trying to build this 15-tiered slide that we can actually use, and it doesn't taste that good. They're like, I'm sorry, I did have to use a cinder block or two. Can't it's eat like that on part. Chopped when they're like, this braised meat is tough and not finished. <laughs> they had, they're like, well, yeah, it takes five hours to do, and you have to let it sit overnight, but we had 30 <laughs> minutes. So, yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> but please judge me as if I had 10 hours to do this. <laughs> I want that to be a cooking show where they say, "All right, you got two weeks. We'll see you back in two weeks. We'll see like what you what you've made by then." That'd be exactly. a good a good actual sense of people's skill and not just the happenstance of the day. Exactly, because those awesome chefs, like on Top Chef, you know, if you gave them some time, they could fucking kick ass, and it'd be a lot more fun to see. You could call it slow cook saviors. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop it. <laughs> Yeah, you can workshop that. You know? Yeah, yeah like just the, the, a punch the up. Savoir magazine might want to sue you, but you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> all right, Jordan, where can folks find you? Um, you can find all the collation of everything that I work on at jordanshively.com. Perfect. S H I V E L E Y is my last name. I'm on Twitter um, at Hottest Singles. Not as weird and smutty as it sounds, but sometimes <laughs> it is pretty smutty. Um, and also, I do, like, I, I've monetize my twitter from the very beginning so i have a um patreon where people pay me to write twitters awesome that is the way to do it. we should have been doing something more like that earlier we, we took like a year and a half two years before we actually got on the patreon train yeah we don't have a patreon for our podcast yet just because we don't do it regularly enough mm-hmm. to like think that it would be fair the name of that podcast again carrying into the void where me and my friend brock wilbur tell each other a weird story that could be true or not and then flip it over into something that while it's not really probably elevated, it is at least helpful. Very cool. For listeners of this show, it's like this show, but it's shorter, and it makes you feel good about yourself, about uh, teeth, 
oftentimes good stuff. <laughs> and is there a link to pre-order your book on your website? There is, and also on my Twitter. Very cool. Everyone out there, you have no excuse not to find all of the Jordan stuff. Please do so. And thank you very much, Jordan. Yeah. Awesome well, thanks for you. asking me to come on your show. Yeah, we're so glad to have you. And so glad to know that you're just, I assume, down the street. I don't know where in relation to here, but probably pretty close. Uh, yeah, I'm a couple blocks away from you. Okay, because I, yeah, we just yeah. moved here. Uh, actually, it'll be a week ago Saturday is when my partner and I moved to Minnesota. Oh, we could go Saturday. A year ago, I A year? Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. I was like, wow, well, how is your house so fucking 52, set up already? 52 times as much time. Yeah. <laughs> In one week, we have all the pictures framed and on the walls and everything. Because <laughs> yeah. we're on Zoom, so I can see his house. So like, I'm like, wow, that is, that is a very put-together house for one week. This is a Zoom background. There's nothing behind me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye. See you later.